Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life with Catherine. Episode 4, Doctor Who. I originally intended this to be Episode 3, and that's why it says it during the audio. So please ignore that. Thanks. Ugh, not Doctor Who again. Hi, and welcome to Life with Catherine, Episode 3. I'm here with my husband, Brian. Say hi. Hello. And uh, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun today talking about our favorite show, Doctor Who. Yeah, we're nerds. <laughs> it's true. And uh, I guess the first time we started watching it, one of our daughter's friends had recommended it. She was over walking from one room to the other, and it was like a Friday night, and and uh, I was looking for something to watch on Netflix, and uh, my daughter's friend said, oh, you should watch Doctor Who. I love that show. So I ended up uh, reading the description on Netflix, and it sounds like this. What does it say? Uh, this is the Netflix description. Evil aliens, a wacky but brilliant tour guide. Flying through space in a tiny blue box is the trip of a lifetime. I'm like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Ah, but I'm going to go for it anyways. So anyways, I uh, we started watching it. Actually, I watched uh, some of the first episode. And as soon as I saw some of the special effects, the way they integrated into the story, I immediately said to myself, oh boy, this is an episode, this is a show that Brian's going to want to see too. It's kind of something that we could do together and enjoy. So anyways, um, we started, I believe, right from Rose, right? Yes, I might have missed Rose. I don't have a strong recollection of the first episode, Rose, but uh, I think, we, yeah, we did pretty much hit the ground running and yes. start at the beginning. So. Do you want to flip through season one and talk about any of the episodes at all? Or do you have any episodes? Um, I think I had tried to formulate a, a short list, if I could, of episodes that I uh, thought were unique or worth uh, mentioning and talking about and trying not to spoil them for anyone out there. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> into the show. Um, I've come up with – it's a ever-evolving list, but um, – yeah, we could certainly talk about. So, a what of number is yours? Season one, episode two. Um, yeah, so the, okay. the first episode that I've come up with is season one, episode two. So I should the talk end about the world. Yeah, so I should talk about season one, episode one first, just in case anyone is watching it that doesn't have uh, an idea in their head of what the show is. So we're not really going to talk about storyline spoilers. We're kind of just going to talk more in general about it. Uh, but Brian could possibly have spoilers in his discussion. So be forewarned. <laughs> so we absolutely love this show. And uh, Rose is the first episode. And it was so silly and so funny. And I was completely immediately charmed by everything about it. And the silliness of her mom. And what else is in it? I'm just going to fast forward a little. Of course, Netflix thing. Okay. So, right, she's in the house. Or you she's get to in the meet house. Mickey. Oh, yeah, Mickey. <laughs> he's playing. The hand is attacking him in her house. And I love the idea that he's talking to her about that, how he's an alien and he can feel the world revolving. And Right, okay. I'm just flipping a bit through the episode. Oh, yeah, she goes into the TARDIS for the first time. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So it ends with Rose, spoilers, it ends with her uh, going with him on this epic adventure in the TARDIS, 
and uh, it was really cool. I immediately was completely charmed by these two. It was totally fun. So uh, we'll try and get to a lot of the things we like about different seasons, but we'll flip through the seasons. So you wanted to talk about Season 1, Episode 2, The End of the World. Oh, I'm not allowed to do accents. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Season 1, Episode 2, and um, at, at this point in time, uh, for, again, for those who have never watched the show, uh, the oh, Doctor... Christopher Eccleston is the Doctor. Yes, and the Doctor, I was about to say, the Doctor is played by various actors over the years. I won't say why, but um, in this, the lead is played by Christopher Eccleston rather brilliantly. And I agree. He was only on the show for one season, but uh, you will find that if you can get past the idea of some of the special effects being less than 21st century... Uh, I think it just goes to show you how good the show is in that um, you can get past that. There's a few moments in there I call Scooby-Doo moments where they're chasing <laughs> aliens and aliens are chasing them, and the costumes and the special effects, like I said, are, look less than um, what we expect from a, a, a big-budget movie. But again, it's the, it's the story, it's the characters, it's the, it's the unique and the varied uh, subject matters that, that draw you into the show. And uh, I tried to go through uh, his uh, tenure on The Doctor and pick at least one episode that resonated with me. And I think it, it's uh, circling around. It's Yes, it's episode two, The End of the World. And it was really legendary. And, and basically the, the premise is that he has found a companion in Rose to travel uh, through space and time and... She really wants to be impressed, wants to be dazzled. He wants to take her somewhere amazing, and he ends up deciding to take her to basically five billion years in the future where um, good old planet Earth uh, is no more uh, as a result of the uh, sun collapsing and such. So as much as it sounds like a major downer, it is a a really quite uh, brilliant episode you are introduced to uh, many characters that re- recur throughout the the um, seasons, and again, don't want to spoil that too much. Um, you uh, uh, f- find out in episode two a bit of background in terms of uh, where the Doctor's from, who he is, and uh, where his pains are uh, originate from. Oh yeah, and. Um, you get a, a good idea. There's there's certainly some light moments in this episode. Uh, I think you get a better understanding of uh, the Doctor and when faced with uh, harsh uh, decisions that have massive consequences, you get an understanding of the Doctor's foundation. And um, uh, I think for, for me, what sort of resonated with me in the episode is is that at one point the uh with the earth dying so to speak there is a underlying tone of uh environmentalism of of you know trying to save the planet regardless in this case it can't really be saved but it just makes me it makes it makes us think and and it comes back on a smaller level um to doing what we can to sort of save the planet while we have it and uh, you know, when it's gone, it's it's uh, there's nothing you know we can do to uh, turn the clock back, so to speak, and and to save things. So, um, so again, as much as it sounds like a bleak doom and gloom episode, there are uh, a lot of 
uh, funny moments in in the episode. Uh, you certainly, as I say, without spoiling them, you get introduced to uh, characters like the Lady Cassandra O'Brien, uh, the Face yeah. of Bo, um, uh, and and that sort of thing. So uh, again, I'll let Catherine speak to what uh, of this episode resonated with her. Oh, the Lady Cassandra, for sure. Let's get it open here. Um, she is just hilarious. I'm going to just open it. Here we go. Okay, so it starts out. Let's go to the end of the world. And, if, oh, we're first introduced to his psychic paper. Yes. That was awesome. And that the idea that rich people and poor people are still segregated. Oh, of course, the tree lady. What's she called? Yes. Oh, you're pushing, uh, just trees. Yes. The trees of Keem or something. Oh, other Doctor Who fans are going to hurt us for not knowing this. No, that's but, okay. I think but, it's um, trees of Keem. Anyway, she's hilarious because he gives her an offering and he gives her the gift of air from his lungs. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, and doesn't one guy sneeze on him or something? Uh, he spits on him. Oh, spits on him. <laughs> oh, and of course the lady Cassandra with her little trampoline body. That's so unbelievably funny. And I think Rose really plays off it really well. There we go. I always thought the girl from the blue girl that was the maintenance worker, I always thought she was the girl from Broadchurch. Yes. But it isn't her. It's just hilarious. I just thought it was her. And then the doctor and Rose are talking just about how far she is from her family, and he messes with her phone. Trees go. One thing to know about this episode, like many of the episodes uh, that uh, tend to be of very high quality uh, throughout the series, is this episode, like like I said, many others, is written by... Uh, Russell T. Davies, and uh, for those of you who have wondered where you've heard that name from before, uh, amongst other things, he writes uh, and continues to write for Doctor Who, and he's also written uh, for Sherlock Holmes. Um, oh, yeah, Sherlock. What else? Uh, um, Completely we have, blank. We may have to edit, edit okay, this in Okay, insert comment here. Oh, and the, the special effects are less about special effects and more about they have actual people in the costume. Yes. So that's pretty awesome. So get used to latex masks and people running around with <laughs> fake feet and fake hands and claws and the like. And it blows my mind how far the show has come to where it is now with Peter Capaldi. Yes. It's just, it's insane. Okay, so we're at the end here where he's just, they're talking about traveling the world together. And in very typical English fashion, uh, not, it doesn't spoil anything, but the show basically ends with... Uh, uh, Rose deciding that they should go for chips. So I yeah. thought that was quite funny. And I just thought Billy Piper, she was she's a ex pop star in London, I guess. And uh, I just thought she was such a great casting because she go she does so well. I thought she was a great casting choice. So then we're gonna go to. Um, do you have anything else on that specific episode other than Lady Cassandra is legendary and the face of both. Yes, for, for for fans of Doctor Who and as well as other shows, um, yes, the face of Bo, you get the that is his first, I believe it's his first appearance. Um, one one note I will mention is that 
Uh, we do not want to discount the other doctors that uh, have existed before uh, the ninth doctor and onward, but uh, we have only uh, become fond of uh, doctors nine through 13, and uh, we have not had the chance to reconnect or to connect with the previous doctors. So for those of you oh, yeah. who like the old, older doctors, it's going to probably be limited to of the ninth Doctor onward. So again, it's nothing uh, against those other doctors. We haven't watched them yet. Watch them yet. <laughs> when it comes to Netflix, so then it goes to the Unquiet Dead with uh, what's her name? I keep calling her Gwen, but uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't like it as much, but uh, traveling to the year eighteen sixty nine, the Doctor and Rose investigate the origins of a blue gas, brings the corpses of a funeral parlor back to life. But uh, I still liked the idea and the intent of it. Oh, that's Charles Dickens, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was pretty the good. Indian times, as they say. Yeah, it was pretty good and had all the elements. I don't. I didn't love it. But uh, oh, and then Aliens of London. Okay, World War Three. Daleks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brian has the little Dalek guy that goes. Exterminate. Yes, I do have a Dalek. Yes, nerd <laughs> alert. I have a Dalek figurine. So. I love it. Well, Father's Day. Okay. <sighs> so we'll flip through. And, uh, of course, The Empty Child, if you're going to watch Doctor Who, you've got to watch that one. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really really well done. They've, I think they've put together an episode that uh, makes you feel well enough that they, they have gone back to the Second World War. And, uh, again, not to spoil any of the episode. But it is uh, uh, it is very well done. It sort of takes place over uh, two episodes, um, the plot of this episode. But again, it it takes place in wartime London. Uh, where, oh, it's Captain Jack. Where London is being bombed in the Blitzkrieg, and um, and you are introduced to the legendary Captain Jack, as played by John Barrowman, which you may seen in other shows uh, like Torchwood, and currently in the Green Arrow. And of course, you got to tell the story about Torchwood. How we had no idea that it was a Doctor Who. List. Yes, um, <laughs> as you will, as you will learn um, through the early seasons of Doctor Who, you learn uh, how Torchwood came to being and its uh, uh, origins. And yes, we both had a moment where the penny dropped. It was sort of a, <laughs> a moment where uh, we where uh, for once it. Uh, Catherine is usually really good with episode titles and keeping them in her brain, whereas I somehow shed them and do not do not keep track of them. But I had this moment where we were I was thinking of the word Torchwood and I was like, Isn't there a show, a standalone show called Torchwood? And oh sure. no, it was some um it was something you were watching. It was a of an awards show or something. And he said, You may know me from shows like Torchwood and Doctor Who Possibly, yes. Oh. But I just I just remember seeing on Netflix or somewhere that there was this show called Torchwood uh, or even uh, a DVD case at, at some point, And we had never connected the fact that there is a spinoff to Doctor Who called Torchwood. So um, <laughs> we also started to watch that and have watched two seasons uh, of Torchwood. And we haven't seen the last season, whatever's the last season. We haven't seen it. Uh, well, yeah, there's season three and possibly season four. So. so then we haven't seen the one, the season with Peter Capaldi in it. But, uh, oh, yeah, the, so we're back to The Empty Child was just, it was a really peaceful, quiet, retro episode that respected the time and the era. I don't know, it just kind of 
it felt like it was different than the other episodes where you start to get a feel of what they really can do with an episode, especially Captain Jack. Yeah, and I see what you mean by the peaceful and quiet, because many of the episodes of Doctor Who, as you can imagine, uh, uh, later on, they are, uh, you, you, not later on, but you, you, there's, a re- there's a reoccurring theme in, in these episodes where the Doctor will place them in a place in time or, uh, or just a physical location where crazy wackiness ensues and they are forced to run to flee as the Doctor is not one to fight, per se, um, uh, and, and is not combatant, but um, oftentimes they run, so the episodes tend to be fast-paced, frenetic, um, whereas, yeah, as, as Captain just quite well put, that, that this episode is more sort of cerebral, sort of quieter, um, and despite the fact that you would think that that wouldn't be possible, as I said, it was wartime London, uh, and they're in between bombing raids. Uh, it, it is a very sort of quiet and, and a bit more peaceful uh, episode, and, and uh, they sort of stay, stay in the same place mm-hmm. for the most part. So. And it's kind of the first time we, as far as I know, that we hear the phone, the TARDIS phone ring because the little kid goes, "Are you my mummy?" The spookiest sentence ever. Yes. Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy? I can't do a British accent, but it's kind of one of the first times because it doesn't ring till much later. I when the right. doctor is, I don't know, we'll find out. We'll go through. <laughs> Sorry for all you Uber fans. So then we're fast forward, bad wolf, which ends up being quite a big sentence throughout the whole series. Sentence, yes. phrase, whatever. The game show one was kind of cool. It was just completely different than when anything we'd ever seen, too. Yes, there was a, a little bit of a tie into the weakest link. Yeah, well, yeah, um, without spoiling right. it too, bad, too badly, but um, <laughs> uh, it is uh, it is a, it's very much worth watching. Um, and then uh, it's the first time we see Chris Chris Brackelson have a lot of fun. Yes, like really yes. silly fun. And uh, most of us North American fans are used to shows being of 22 to 24 episodes. You will soon find that the majority of the, of the Doctor uh, Who seasons are roughly 13 episodes, give or take. The It has been going on for 50-plus years now, uh, with uh, at least one hiatus in between the 8th and the 9th Doctor. But... Um, there are generally it tends to be approximately thirteen episodes, and they also uh, revel and it's become a tradition where they play a Christmas episode. And who would have thunk it? But they actually play it on Christmas. So. Uh, and spoiler, back in time, but uh, I believe after when the first Doctor he decided he didn't want to do it anymore, or I don't remember what the story is. I have the book. I'll go up and look, but. Uh, it was basically where they had this reinvigoration um, so that the doctor could continue on. And there have been many incarnations of him. And so Chris Eccleston is the ninth. And then uh, we have the parting of the ways and we get to David Tennant. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Season, <laughs> season two, episode one is where we are, uh, fully introduced 
to uh, Mr. Tennant, and um, he uh, takes on the role of the Doctor. He is officially known as the Tenth Doctor, and uh, Catherine doesn't have to uh, make any declarations, but I mean, I would say he's, uh, at this point in time, my favorite Doctor. Close second would be Matt Smith, and I didn't think I would ever say that, but... Um, Not when we were watching season one. Christopher Eccleston was our favorite. Yeah, true. And who is this David Tennant? <laughs> exactly. Because so, we didn't even know who he was before this. No, 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 we really didn't. And uh, and I think you, if you're going to watch this show, you certainly um, need to be a fan of sci-fi or to um, have your mind open to fiction. Uh, because they certainly um, take push the take, boundaries. Push the boundaries to have license with the idea of time travel and the existence of creatures in other galaxies and beings from other planets. Um, but I think that is that that possibly may be part of the reason behind um, Mr. Eccleston's exit from the show was that is that we, and again none of this is official, but we had heard that. He had he may have said that he left because he he I think he was looking to have the role be more of a dramatic nature and at times it does have at worst a little clunky or cheesy uh, dialogue but again very entertaining very funny uh, again a lot of the episodes are very very fast paced and you know feeling feeling like a civilization or a world is going to end and um, there also you, we will find that there is a character and story arcs that span over multiple seasons, so be prepared for that as well. Yeah. I remember when I was first looking, I'm like, Christopher Eccleston? Isn't he that guy from Shallow Grave? That was, like, spooky. <laughs> and so I, I had no idea, and we didn't really even know what, Doctor Who was like we just had no it wasn't in our vernacular or it wasn't in our psyche at all and uh, now he's now they're completely on our radar and I think at the time you said your sister watched it she kind of spurned it once we had already started I think yeah I was just thinking about that that now oddly enough and and I think that at the uh, at the time we became invested in the show I remember our daughter trying to give it a chance based on her friend's uh, recommendation and uh, <laughs> she, she did watch a few episodes and then what usually happens in our household is Catherine will find a TV show to watch and I'll plunk down on the couch and say what you watching and the next thing you know she has to put a break on the episodes and let me catch up <laughs> and, and wait for and you wait to be available to watch to watch the show and to catch up so um, I think at the time and looking back on it I think it was a combination of my sister certainly was a fan of the Doctor well before I was. But now that I think about it, uh, I think her household also had embraced um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy oh, yeah, yeah. and such as well. And um, so, I, uh, so, yeah, certainly we were late to the party as it relates to Doctor Who. And we have learned over the past few years that it is not just a U.K., phenomenon that I think that the doctor in mm -hmm. the, their efforts they've tried to bring the show more to a worldwide audience and specifically North American audience by virtue of various means mm -hmm. uh, of comic cons of filming some of the episodes in North America uh little known fact an episode from 
the eighth doctor was oddly enough uh filmed here in Vancouver, so woo. Oh, I'm just trying to picture. I'm like, oh yeah. And of course, when we were trying to catch up, we were literally going through eight seasons or seven at the time. And every time our daughter came into the room, she's like, oh man, more Doctor Who again. So she's actually promised me that she'll record a couple of those sound bites for us. So I'm hoping that'll be our opening. So hopefully you've heard it already because I just think it's too hilarious. Like, yes, oh. there's much eye rolling and uh, <laughs> enough Doctor Who because she doesn't get it anyway. So David Tennant, legendary superstar, just fun. Uh, I remember there was that award he got, uh, and we were watching it on YouTube, and they said uh, it was they were talking about when he, they were looking for someone to cast in Casanova. How he was just this light on his feet and light with the dialogue, too. Like, he just skipped over the dialogue. And that totally gives an idea of his personality as a doctor. Because for those who don't watch it, he when the doctor moves from one body form to another, he ends up um, taking on a new personality. And David Tennant, yeah, regenerating. Thank you. I know the word is killing all the Doctor Who fans out there that I didn't remember the word. Anyway, so just how he he's like laid on his feet and he skips over, skips through the dialogue like it's nothing. And anyways, it's totally fun to watch. And he's totally flirty and silly with uh, Rose. And of course, Mickey plays it up. Mickey's incredible, and he plays it up too. And about uh, oh Rose. And anyway, so and of course, the mum. Yes. <laughs> yes, Rose's Rose's mom is a bit of a she's a single mom and she's very much a flirt and is always looking for the attention of 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 the doctor in whichever form he may take at the time and uh, so she she's she's absolutely brilliant and uh, further to Captain's comment on on David Tennant I think he um I know that I know it can easily be said of some people uh that they can overact, and uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to use this example of David Caruso. But um, <laughs> but Mr. Tennant is not that type of of actor. But I think what he does is he fully invests his energy and his emotions into the character, and brings you along with him, and I, steals I, your heart completely. I, yes, and I think by having him uh, becoming fully invested in the character. You as the fan do the do the same in return as as if, as you feel if if he's going to put this sort of effort um, in, into uh, his portrayal, um, it, it just makes it that much easier as a fan to um, to to follow along and to to be fully engaged in 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 what he's doing. So I happen to really like him. If you're looking for something completely different but very very entertaining, um, look to places like uh, Netflix and such for. Uh, his uh, most recent show, Broadchurch. Uh, they've also done a spin-off in the states called Grace Point. Yes. And um, I think it's filmed one season, and Broadchurch will soon be working on season three. But we're here to talk about Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I would say that David, Mr. Tennant, is very much mm-hmm. uh, my favorite Doctor. And despite speaking with an English accent in the show, he's of course a wee Scotsman. So that's uh, <laughs> that's a ben- that's a bonus, or at least in my mind, it is. And then as soon as we fell in, like completely fell for David Tennant, of course we were like, "Who's this Matt Smith guy? I'm not gonna like him." And of course he completely charmed us too. We'll get to that after. Um, 
So Christmas Invasion, his mom is just, or her mom is just ridiculous. What do you need? What do you need? I need, what do you need? <laughs> like, it's just childish and silly, but totally funny. New Earth, new, new Earth. Uh, of course, we see the face of Bo again. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, the face, face of Bo has a visitor in the Doctor in that episode. And it's also incredibly fun to see the Doctor have so much fun and talk about the value of every life. It's incredible. I thought it was great. And then Tooth and Claw. <laughs> That's, of course, where we finally learn about Torchwood. Yes, you may learn about Torchwood <laughs> in that episode. And Queen Victoria is and amazing Victoria, in that episode as well. She's awesome. Rose and the Doctor have... Uh, have a, a fun with a running joke, a running joke, and with their, their knowledge of Queen Victoria and her uh, commonly used phrases. And uh, there's, anyways, a running joke and or bet in that episode. But that that one is definitely worth watching. Totally funny that who can get her to say I'm not amused at first is just the funniest thing ever. Then we have school reunion. Girl in the fireplace was really cool. That's one I would recommend. Yes, I I may talk about this in another episode, but in the the girl in the fireplace. Um, there is a, a special effect that is uh, employed in that episode uh, whereby many of the characters, the villainous characters, I suppose, uh, there are made of, for lack of a better term, mechanical. They are very much mechanical in nature. They're almost like uh, they're made out of watch parts. And uh, there's a video that I will reference at a later date, where um, it, the uh, special effects artist that created these is known for making uh, a wide variety of uh, mechanically, mechanically based and often co- latex-covered um, um, characters for, for movies. So rather than using CGI and such, uh, he employs uh, these painstakingly made um, mechanical uh, faces and body parts that you will then cover with, uh, like I said, things like latex and that to, to give the creatures a real lifelike um, uh, feeling to them. But it's it's very well done. You feel like you certainly have gone back in time that you're in France uh, in the 1700s. So, yeah, so very, For sure. very, very well done. It also goes in and out of time really well. Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel, oh, all heartbreaking. Yeah, the Lantern. Impossible Planet, uh, the monsters, Fear Her. That was really spooky. It kind of Fear Her reminded me of the X Files a lot. Yes, yes. No, so that is definitely a good good reference. <laughs> of course, that's the one that Jen watched with us, and she was like, "This is terrifying." <laughs> Army of Ghosts, Doomsday. Uh, obviously, we can't take forever to talk about every episode. The Daleks and the Cybermen, obviously, retro characters that are brought back. Yes, for those for those fans of the original Doctor Who series dating back to season one, uh, they they have done a good job of um, reintroducing to, to those new fans like ourselves the idea or, or these um, characters that are that have been. Um, uh, from like I said, within the series from day one, they are definitely the Doctor's um, uh, nemesis and nemesis uh, uh, nemesis nemesis, <laughs> um, and they would it would certainly at the top of the list would be would be the Daleks, the Cybermen, the um, wasn't there a story about the Daleks how 
the creator wasn't going to let him let the new show use them. It was something about um, because they had there was that really dumb Mars movie that Pierce Brosnan was in and uh, they let the Daleks characters the, the I guess it's the estate of the person let the um, Daleks characters be used in it and they just didn't l- like the treatment of it and they thought it was a bit too cheesy and not what they really wanted for the legacy or you'll have to google it anyways people. yeah there was there, part of the story from how I remember it is that uh, uh is that Steve Martin may have insisted that they use the Dalek in in, well, yeah, that, that's in right. that particular um, Warner Brothers movie, and in the end of the day, I think what saved face is that apparently Steve Martin actually reached out to the estate, to the family, and and apologized for how that how that was used uh, within that that particular Bugs Bunny. Just how Warner it Brothers ended movie, up being so. used, and so it took a lot of convincing, or some, as as far as the story goes to get them to be able to use in the new Doctor Who. And, of course, they're just excellent villains. And uh, so we go from Doomsday to Season 3, Episode 1. <laughs> John Noble. Yes. Yeah, this is where this is where it was supposed to be a one-off Noble, but um, Catherine Tate? Yes. Catherine Tate, who plays... She is one, a one-off in this episode. Don Noble. Um, sorry about the spoiler, but it's not... It, um, but hopefully, if you enjoy her in this episode, at the time it was supposed to be a one-off episode, but she ends up uh, finding her way uh, in many, many episodes of the of the Doctor, and at one point uh, becomes his companion. And she but, goes, "Oi, spaceman!" But this 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 episode <laughs> shows introduces you to Donna Noble, and again, as played by Catherine Tate, and she is uh, certainly known as an actress. She is also very comedic and has done other um, uh, efforts, including Comic Relief with David Tennant, and uh, will not suffer the Doctor at all. And uh, There's has, no romantic interest between no, them. It's no, hilarious. no, and any any hint of it is, is only for the sake of comedy, and uh, the, the two of them as, as actors play off each other very very well, as you will see if, if you take up the series. She's incredible. Anything else about this one? Let's flip through. The star villain is weird. Do we already have Martha? Oh, that's the end of the episode. Crap. Sorry, we got to rewind a little. Of course, she always goes, I'm a temp from Chiswick. Okay, you all have to do it better than me. Of course, you see David Tennant on the freeway. You have to do it. Spaceman. Well, the kids are in the back seat watching them. Spaceman. Yes, her 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 character Donna Noble is trying to do nothing but marry marry the man she loves, and unfortunately, her wedding is very much sidetracked. Um, but they have the wedding without her, <laughs> and she shows up at the reception, and she's like, "You had the wedding without me." She's telling the story. The wedding reception is just so funny. The Santas are always silly. Yes, you'll never look at Santa the same way after seeing these evil mechanical Santas. I can't remember who plays the alien lady, but I thought it was someone 
that was quite interesting that had been on something else. Yes, and we'll have to insert uh, a factoid about her later because I... (laughs) Completely blanking. We were both drawing blanks, and sadly, I think it's from information overload because at Christmas we both received books uh, about Doctor Who, and I know in mind for sure she is mentioned in there and that she has quite an acting pedigree and there's been in other things. Okay, that's your homework. You can Google it. Uh, so then you see the Don, the Donna, Donna. Of course, he says Donna. So I don't know. They are just so funny together, just so delightful, and it's so much fun to laugh. The later episodes of Doctor Who are so, uh, like, way, way later, are just so, just heavy and um, very amazing acting. But it's just it was fun to have a little bit of light laughter. And of course, in the end, spoilers. Donna says goodbye to him. And then that introduces Martha Jones. What are we at? 35 minutes. 36 minutes. So then we go through Smith and Jones. And what do you think about Martha Jones? I, I think with, with any time there's change, there's reservations. And um, looking back, is she my... Uh, trying to not just sit on the fence and be neutral about all these things, but um, I, I very... I. I enjoyed who she was. I enjoyed her, her her character, and I think she was a good companion of the Doctor. As we said earlier, there are many reincarnations of the Doctor, as well as you will find that the Doctor over the years has many companions, and um, Martha is certainly an, another. Uh, she joins David Tennant uh, and his tenth Doctor, and um, I, I certainly enjoyed her, but I think we were spoiled uh, by having Rose and um, Donna and and uh, for the for that one episode, Donna. Um, so I I, I I don't know. I cer- I certainly in in enjoyed her. I kind of wished. I think what it is is in in hindsight, I w- I wish that uh, you know Rose could have stayed with the with the Doctor forever again, not to spoil that storyline. And there are many people out there who probably still need a Kleenex when they talk about the idea of <laughs> Rose and the Doctor. But that's a necessary part of the story. Yes, but uh, but I, I certainly enjoyed her. I liked um, what becomes of um, Martha Jones in that she's a very intelligent, very quick, uh, very intelligent um, and empowered character. Who cares um, about her family? And yes, and I think that um, unfortunately, throughout throughout time, um, sadly, I think uh, television when they sometimes make a female counterpart, they sometimes aren't the equivalent of their male counterpart. And I think they have done. Uh, they certainly need to make strides in that area in in the television and, and movie community. But I think they they. They gave uh, her a strong character to play, and she she certainly could stand her own, and I, yeah. and I do like that about her. She did well, and I just like a lot of the episodes that she was in. Yes. And uh, I think she just, she the episode speaks for itself. You almost kind of forget their acting. Smith & Jones, Shakespeare Code, Gridlock. I think there were a bunch of funny scenes in Shakespeare Code. I can't remember. Gridlock is incredible. The doctor flipping through all those yeah, <laughs> all the cars. And for, and for cat lovers, it's also a good episode. <laughs> cat lovers. And there's a reappearance appearance of a recurring character. I don't want to spoil that. It was uh, really nice to see. And some lore. So 
some Doctor Who um, stuff that comes out. I don't want to wreck it, but it was really nice. And uh, I think what else was it? And, and much it's a good like, Martha one. Yes, I mean much much like many of the episodes uh, or, or many television shows, there will be one-offs and there will be uh, episodes that involve a story arc. And sometimes with the Doctor, you will find they will drop nuggets of information. And unless you store that nugget of information in your head, you will be certainly surprised at a later date, um, as uh, as uh, Mr. D- uh, Russell T. Davies, who writes the show, amongst all the other brilliant writers that are that have been on and are on the show, uh, have done. They will they will uh, access that information later, and it becomes relevant in a in a future episode or many future episodes. And of course, when we first meet Lady Cassandra way back with Rose. We meet the cat nurses, the cat nuns. Yes. And they take a they um, come back in this episode too, which was really cool to see, and just how long the doctor's life is and the majesty of it all. He just shows so so much uh, humility, and it's like, oh, how long have you been in traffic? Billions of years. I can't remember what the number is, but lots of years. It's like what. <laughs> I'm going to have to go watch. Okay, he's familiar, too. That's going to bug me. So there's the cat nurse, nun, and Martha. Then there's the end with David. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Gridlock is definitely worth watching. And I think we're going to finish with David, because I, I, I think we got lots, but... Uh, Lazarus Experiment 42, Human Nature, oh, where he becomes human. That was just so sad. Blink, you're going to talk about that in a bit. I'm going to skip over it for this second. Uh, Utopia, it could be one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Uh, Utopia, oh, that's where Captain Jack comes back. Oh, my God, incredible. Um. And, of course, there's always the uh, Rose. How is she? And Martha rolls her eyes. It's awesome. And then Sound of the Drums and Last of the Time Lords. Prime Minister Harry Saxon. Prime Minister Harry Saxon. Oh, okay, so we're not finished with David. We got we got more. Anyway, so um, do you have an episode you want to talk about before Blink? Where are you in your notes? Um, no, I think... Um, I think I will, I will save, uh, that for now because I haven't had a chance to go through, um, some of these episodes in greater detail. I think my next episode to discuss in further detail would be the, uh, an episode, uh, with the 11th Doctor, and that would be, uh, Matt Smith, um, and Who is I, so much fun to talk about. Yes. And, uh, I think I will openly admit that when we took to the Doctor, just to give you a time, uh, uh, timeline is when we um, engaged ourselves in in the Doctor. We would uh, certainly watch it on Netflix, and uh, these these defaults the default screenshot of the Doctor was Matt Smith and Karen Gillan. Oh yeah. As and so it was so, something foreign to put on a show where the lead actors were Christopher Eccleston, were David Tennant. And yet we knew that currently it was running with Matt Smith and it was just one of those things that you knew eventually he was going to become your next doctor 
and and so again, I think uh, it speaks to how well he did in the role that is Matt Smith, in that we w- became so fond of the other two doctors that we kept staring his picture in the face every day when we fired up the doctor and were wondering who is this Matt Smith and and who is his um, companion in in Karen Gillan and and um, uh, Miss Amy Pond. And uh, they both pleasantly uh, surprised us. So tip of the hat to both of them for doing so well. And Rory. (laughs) And Rory, yes. Okay, that's a whole other conversation. So do you want to to talk about Blink or you want to talk about another time? Uh, Whatever you're up to. I'm just wondering about how you're going to splice all this together. That's okay. Uh, Let's talk about Blink and then we'll finish it off. I just know how funny it is that... Anyone who hangs out with us, every sentence we have and every sentence anyone says is a reference to Doctor Who, and it's so funny. It drives people crazy, but we we entertain ourselves. Either that or a song of some sort. A song of some sort. Okay, so go for it. Talk about Blink. I think um, for us, off the top of my head, the the episode season three, episode 11, uh, Blink, uh, Mr. David Tennant is still captaining uh, the ship, uh, so to speak, as the Doctor. But uh, I think I first and we first heard about this episode um, at a family gathering when, again, my sister, who is a big Doctor fan, uh, mentioned to us uh, about Don't Blink. Um, and, again, right over our heads, we had no no concept in terms of what she was talking about. And so when we finally landed on the episode, um, we knew it was going to be good. Yeah, it's it just it just speaks to um, you know the 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 writing on on Doctor Who, and I think that's one thing that's kept us engaged with the show is that sadly so many people um, look at movies that are being released and TV shows that are being regurgitated and recycled, and um, people often comment about how uh, they are running out of ideas, and I think it just speaks to um, Russell T. Davies and uh, not to dismiss the other writers on the show that do such a great job like at Stephen Moffat, um, Stephen Moffat um, and they and they come up with such great ideas for episodes and uh, Blink and the villains involved in in Blink um, the aliens the villainous aliens call them what you wish the creatures um, it's just sort of a, a, a brilliantly unique idea. And as simple as the idea is, it's very horrifying, and it's almost like its own um, uh, one-hour horror episode. Yeah. That's uh, completely intricate and involves time. Yes, yes. And Come and on, you want to say it? Yes. <laughs> Wibbly-wobbly, timey one. <laughs> um, it's but, the first time we see the Weeping Angels. Yes, yes, thank you. The, the name escaped me, but uh, but yes, so, so any of you who are just entering the, the lore of Doctor Who, uh, and you may not, the Weeping Angels may or may not be your favorite um, They're terrifying. creatures, but they, cer- they certainly are terrifying, and um, how, how they play out in, in various episodes, they are a recurring character, um, creature, call, it, call them what you will, but um, yes, just, just a, a, a really... Uh, Brilliant to take such a simple idea and just to make it so so chillingly uh, scary and um, anyways just a, a really and 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 how um, 
they use their powers and how it relates to time and time travel. Just, just again, uh, uh, brilliantly well done. And we haven't even touched on the the how they filmed the episode. And uh, without spoiling it, I will just say it involves uh, VCR tapes and uh, DVDs and uh, a video store in London, I believe. But uh, but just just very very well well done. The use of time travel mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and how that all meshes together. And Sally Sparrow. And the one question all the way through that you wonder if they're ever going to answer all the way through the episode of how things, certain things could could happen. And uh, it really is a, quite the payoff at the end. And so Sally Sparrow is very confused by everything. It basically looks at her and the show is from her life. It's not from the life uh, of the doctor. No. and. Martha, it's from the viewpoint of this girl, Sally Sparrow, who her, her best friend is part of it, and wackiness ensues, and uh, so here we go, David Tennant, and... Yeah, it certainly, it certainly speaks in a roundabout Freema. way to the aging process. It, uh, it, it certainly, as Catherine just finished saying, it speaks to uh, the fact that the episode, um, uh, the, the Doctor and uh, Martha are not the central figures or central characters in the episode. Uh, it, it's someone else, a, a standalone character, a one-off character, and um, it, it, it's still, again, uh, d- despite all these differences, despite the, the fact that um, the, the antagonist, the villain in this character, um, could easily be dismissed um, as, a, as a non-threat, so to speak. It's just, it's just brilliantly well done how they take something minimal like that and, and invoke such fear. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, the, the girl's brother, her best friend's brother, works at the video store. And he's just such a strange duck. And then we see the wibbly-wobbly. And then she meets the cop. That's, of course, awesome. And then he flashed to uh, the doctor. More explanation. I'm not ruining anything. But that somehow, who wrote this one? It's got to say us at the end. Well, it's not going to tell me. Anyways, so just the writing and the way it's filmed and the way they intertwine everything in a very basic way that you can understand it. It just, it, it's a completely hypnotic episode and a beautiful statement, a beautiful hour. Yes. Or whatever. Of TV. And I guess I feel like the show takes something else. It adds something else to it. It adds a real payoff. It adds a really special piece to anyone who follows the show. Pieces like River Song and all that that go all the way through the, weave themselves through the series. And of course, with time travel, it's always tricky because different people show up at different times and sometimes they know each other, sometimes they don't, sometimes um, they cross over. So one time they have met, but the next time they meet, the other person hasn't met them. And so it's kind of a fun way to deal with with, uh, a show. And I don't know, I think it's kind of cool. And I, and I, with your comment about uh, uh, time travel and certain characters not knowing 
other characters or in terms of their time stream and, and all these things. And now, you know, we're sort of getting into, uh, you know, the sci-fi aspect of it. I completely respect there, there may be people out there who can't get on board with that idea that will leave their ideas of fiction to superheroes mm-hmm. or cop dramas or hospital dramas or, or whatever, or, or even something more of the nonfiction nature. So again, completely respect that. But for someone who is looking for um, something of the sci-fi genre that has a, a, a good balance of, of humor, but certainly of, of science fiction. And, and again, I, I think where it, it, it shows its brilliance is, is how they um, weave uh, a recurring theme into a, into a story arc. Uh, you know, there, there tends to be a payoff. Sometimes you're not even expecting the payoff from a one-off character, um, from a line, from a comment that is made. Uh, you know, many episodes later, it, it, it comes back and it comes full circle. This episode, again, was very well done because so many times you'll see a TV show that has central characters and they will pull away from those central characters, almost give them the show off, and you as the fan are left thinking, what, what, uh, Mr. X and Mrs. Y, they're not on the show this week. I don't understand why my two favorite characters aren't on. And you could have easily gotten your back up with this episode and withdrawn and, and been upset. But it, it, again, it was just... Um, as Catherine put it, it was just so well, uh, so well, well done. There was so there was so much of a payoff, and again, um, the the uh, characters in this episode, um, the villainous characters, were so well done that they are a recurring character uh, in the show. And it's just a really fun date night kind of show to watch. It was really yes. cool, yes, and uh, of course, we're all up to date now, but. Uh, we still have, um, in the next episode that we do together, we'll have some Rory and Amy and Souffle Girl and Matt Smith and uh, maybe Capaldi even some Peter some... Capaldi by then. Yeah. Which, uh, and Jenny and all those characters that evolved through that storyline. And uh, I guess Doctor Who goes into more of a fairy tale kind of thing coming up and, and uh, takes it in a completely different direction, which is really cool. And Danny Pink and all those fun things. But for right now, we're going to stop here. And uh, it's just a really fun way to spend some time. It's well worth investing in the characters. They certainly give you a great payoff. And it's really fun. And, of course, there's all conventions and everything that's spurned from it. And I can see why. But at the base of it, people, not people, characters like Captain Jack, you become so endeared to and so enamored by and uh, just all these fun things. It's it's really quite a joy, and and uh, all you have to do is say Doctor Who, and Brian and my faces light up, and we start blabbing away, like my cell phone case is Doctor Who, and basically I carry it around, and someone will walk up to me, you love Doctor Who too, so it's kind of funny. And no, I won't use it on my ringtone. It's too annoying a sound. <laughs> so thanks to Brian. Uh, do you want to say anything else? Um. Yeah, just, I mean, just just the the fact, I guess, that uh, uh, as a further selling point, I, I think what we're, is that is that with it being a BBC produced show um, over its life, there have been you know many um, uh, high qualities uh, you know actors and performers that have been in the show, and I think what we're trying to do is sort of um, have a balance between an introduction to the show uh, without without spoiling too much of it for for the people that are either watching it 
uh, who have just started watching it or hope to watch it in the future. So again, our apologies if we've uh, thrown too many spoilers your your way. Oh, we still but, have uh, Sarah Jane too. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So just we're just hoping that uh, that uh, uh, as 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 many many people. Uh, whether you tape a sporting event and someone ruins the score for you, or uh, someone introduces a spoiler in your show, and nobody likes those. So again, we're trying to trying to do our best just to touch on characters and not uh, reveal too much of, of the plot or story arc. So. Or and if we do in future, we'll make sure it's really clear. But it's just really fun, and I thought it would be a fun way to change up the episodes. You could call it a left turn. Ooh. <laughs> that's deep. Anyway, so that's it. Bye.